Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 345. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we count down to Persian New Year. It's the one-month mark, you guys. I'm your host, Nagin Farsad, and like in years past, I like to let listeners know about this totally secular celebration of spring known as Noru's, uh, Persian New Year, and it's on the first day of spring, and as far as holidays goes, it just makes a lot of sense. So prepare for me to keep reminding you guys about Persian New Year. Today... We'll talk about Congress and how so much of it doesn't make sense, but it could. We'll also ask whether men need purpose more than they need respect, and we'll dip into the cultural grab bag where robots are replacing TV hosts and probably soon podcast hosts. Today, oh folks, this panel, I gotta say, our producer, uh, Andrew McGrath, he has truly outdone himself because um, today's panel is just a chef's kiss. What a panel. Um, first up, we've got journalist, author. He's host of the podcast Story of the Week, which is just one long-form sort of magazine story every week. And it, I, I mean, immediately subscribe. He is already a delight. Uh, he's from Edison, New Jersey, and his name is Joel Stein. Hey, Joel. Why would you introduce me before Samantha B? I know. Like that? Oh, I don't. Well, I, because oh, I, I see. <laughs> I, no, I get it. It's like a comedy show. No. Like, I'm the opener, no. right? Yeah, you're okay, the opener. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, no. I feel good about that. No, no, no. It's um, uh, it's been, I, 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 well, you demerited yourself um no. with uh by by talking about um New Jersey so aggressively before we even started recording. There's only one way to talk about New Jersey, <laughs> and that's aggressively. I don't that's know aggressively. what I don't know what that's you think the options are. <gasps> Now, see, now, but Joel, I, here's the thing. I love all my panelists equally, mm-hmm. okay? No way. I don't play mm-hmm. favorites. Even parents don't do that. This is a three-legged stool, and if one mm-hmm. leg breaks, then it's just a, two sticks and another thing. It's a lot of pressure. So, um, so, but you gave away uh, the, the next leg of the stool, oh, which sorry. is, it's, um, which, which look, she's got a new shore, show. It's going to be touring. It's called Your Favorite Woman. I don't. And I, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking you know already. I just started. I'm like no, interrupting it's, you. You know what? Everyone has violated all of the rules of fake <laughs> nation already. No. So we are now a lawless anarchy <clears throat> of a okay. podcast. Um, no, but I am. This is a such an exciting time because she will be touring with your favorite mm-hmm. woman. You can go to samanthabee.com slash tour and find dates. By the way, I have already done that so that <gasps> I can game plan where I'm going to see the show because I cannot wait. I'm excited! I mean, you know you know this woman, obviously, um, from Full Frontal, obviously, from The Daily Show, obviously, from just like the very many wonderful things that she has produced and done and performed. And she is the iconic Samantha B. Hello. Oh my God, hello. Oh, I'm freaking out. Now my eyes started twitching. That was such a complimentary, <laughs> too complimentary. And I had a, I got a tick from it. And I appreciate it. That's, um, is that what happens to you when you get a little like a something, your eye ticks? A hundred percent. I can't, oh. so uncomfortable with people talking about me. No, <laughs> like, it's, that's the cool thing. It's the TikTok tick that everyone got during, uh, during oh, that's COVID. Right. Yeah. I'm very contemporary. It's what's weird, too, about comedians in general is that um, we all are like, look at us on stage all the time, please. But then when someone tries to yeah. say one nice thing, we're like, oh, shut up forever. Impossible. I'll kill you. Yes. When people sing happy birthday to me, I immediately cry because I'm like, why are <laughs> your eyes looking at me with love? I don't deserve that. Please no. Yeah, Stop please it. no. My parents didn't do it and you don't need to either. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. My parents are great. Okay. All right, folks, before we get into the show, I just want to remind people to, uh, if you want to get bonus episodes of the show, go to patreon.com slash side um, where you will get bonus episodes featuring the very many wonderful panelists um, like the ones you hear, you're hearing today um, again that's patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad uh, you can support the show you can get bonus episodes I mean it's a win-win now let us get into it with topic number one and this, okay, I have some, I'm going to tell you guys something embarrassing. So, so far this year, uh, Congress has seen multiple elections for speaker. There's normally just one. It's been all about all this stupid, ridiculous, miserable debt ceiling. Um, we already spent that money. Yeah. Okay. And it's been about Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, heckling the president. So much of Congress is frustrating by design and uh, not to mention extremely polarized, but we read a piece in the Washington Post that talks about one committee that actually gets things done. It's called the Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress, who was tasked with, you know, making Congress better. <gasps> and um, this committee is evenly split. It requires a supermajority to get things done. So you think there's no way they're going to get anything done. Incorrect. They got so many things done. And... We're going to talk about how they did that and how wild it is. And and uh, can I tell you guys, I read this article um, that was, by the way, um, 
in the post and it was uh joel what was the name of the writer i'm like, it's my friend and former colleague uh, amanda ripley the washington post amanda not ripley. the new york post just to clarify for people the washington I, post. I, maybe you just say the post where you live but... i always say the post okay. and assume people know what i'm talking you have about a certain listenership that is, that's fair yeah you know that yeah but uh i read this this piece on an airplane <laughs> You know how when you're on an airplane, you just like cry? I mm-hmm. cried reading about a subcommittee thing. in yeah. Congress. Oh my God, that's adorable. Mm. Here's here's one of the things that they talk about, Smith. I'm going to hear your um your your reaction to this. Okay. So they, am I going to cry? I might cry too. Like I, if you're the dorky patriot that I am, which I feel that you are, knowing your work, <laughs> um, you might cry. Okay. Which is so. Part of the reason Congress doesn't get along is because they do, they seat people by um, party. party. Right. And in this committee, they decided to seat people, um, they mixed it up so that people would actually talk. That was one of the simple things they did to start making people like see each other as three-dimensional human beings. Here's another crazy thing. Everyone in this committee has the phone number of everyone else in this committee because the trust levels among them was so high. And did you know that in regular Congress, they do not have each other's phone numbers because they're afraid of doxing, that someone will leak their phone number to the press. And I feel like we know exactly who would do the doxing. Like it's just yes. I mean, it's so Do you remember when Trump clear. doxed Lindsey Graham during a debate? Yes. That was awesome. Oh God, that was amazing. That. I, amazing. I didn't know people did that. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, like, the part of the reason that Congress doesn't work is for simple shit but like this. Mm. Seating arrangements. There's no bipartisan rooms where that don't have cameras where they can hang out, have a coffee, have a chit-chat. Wow. Um, and this article talks about how this one committee did all of those things that the rest of Congress isn't doing and as a result um, made a ton of supermajority votes uh, where they agreed on uh, on how to modernize Congress and a lot of those things are actually being implemented um, Joel what so your buddy wrote this piece uh, were were you surprised to learn about this this subcommittee yeah no I, I'm not aware of all the subcommittees so every subcommittee is a wonderful surprise for me <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I wanted to do a story once on subcommittees because they get really weird, like boating or yachting, or they get they get very uh, yeah ridiculous. yeah very specific. Um, Amanda Ripley is a tremendous journalist and thinker, much much better than me. Um, and she appeared in front of this committee, which is because of her last book, and this is how she found out about it. Um, I couldn't. I, she's an optimist, and I this to me is bullshit. I don't buy this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> You don't buy you that we can laugh- moder- modernize Congress by going back in time and having potlucks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> you laugh at my tears, Joel. <laughs> I, I, I lick your tears and I spit them in the cauldron <laughs> of the fire that is burning throughout the dumpster of America. Yes. No, because, okay, so as Winston Churchill once said, uh, we shape our buildings and afterwards our buildings shape us, right? And and Samantha, uh-huh. you have run a couple of ships, okay? Sure, yep. And first of all, one of the things they did is they started the bipart they started with a bipartisan planning retreat, which almost never happens. They okay. hired one bipartisan team of staffers instead of each party get separate staffers. Okay. Um, do you think 
how something is run with those simple kind of rules. I mean, in your experience, mm-hmm. have simple kind of rules made a change in in the way your 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 office has functioned? Yes, I think simple rules made a difference in the way that the yeah in in ter- in like office terms in those like super micro ways. I can see it. But it's probably not a it's I mean, I'm just assuming that like a Marjorie Taylor Greene is not in this subcommittee. No AOC, no MTG. That's a real that's a real some there's some real X factors in Congress. Some real variables. (laughs) Yes. mm, I'm not sure it would work with so many wild ingredients. Like it's one thing when you're running a show and you have a bunch of like mind we're kind of like minded people who maybe like agree or disagree casually on some minor things but generally we can all sit at the thanksgiving table together and be like super civil and nice but there's dramatic incivility in the kind of wider body so i'm not i want to be optimistic i want to cry but maybe I want to cry for different reasons. <laughs> I want to Wait, be with you. I, I have to. So after January 6th, the Democrats refused to work with anyone who voted against certifying the election. And one of those people was actually the vice chairman of this exact committee. OK, mm-hmm. uh, Will Will Timmons from South Carolina. So Will Timmons and then the um, the chairman of the of the um, committee got together and they said, OK, and who, by the way, is Derek Kilmer, a Democrat from Washington. They got together and they had tequila and they mm-hmm. talked about January 6th. Right. And they really broke it down. And they were like, listen, the only way we're going to actually be able to continue working as a committee is all of us sit down and continue and actually just like talk about it. So they all shared their stories mm-hmm. and literally broke it down to when January 6th happened, I was like cowering behind my desk. I had to put a couch up against the door. Like that whole, they literally talked about the day, the moments, the feelings. And by the end, it's not like they all agreed, but they all understood each other. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They didn't agree on a way forward. And like, you know, the vice chairman was just like, I still think that there were irregularities in the voting, but I can't, but but I do think it sucks what happened. Right. So there were things that they could kind of. It feels like their their mission, though, is like the modernization of Congress. It's not like a real hot button issue. Like, I just don't know. I I don't I don't know if we're talking about something a little more dire. I couldn't agree more. This is a committee about committees. Now, the. Can we get people to get along and understand each other and be nicer to each other? Maybe. But when there's an existential disagreement about mm-hmm. how we should live our lives, I mean, you can get people to get along, like talking about slavery before the Civil War, but you're, you're, you're still going to have a Civil War. Like there's there's a real problem that our country mm-hmm. is facing. Like, I went to, for my last book, which was In Defense of Elitism, I went to this county that had the highest percentage of Trump voters in the world um, or in the country. I guess there were Trump voters in other countries maybe. But the, um, And I spent a week with them. Nicest people, stay in touch with them, like them, could not disagree with them more about how this country should be run. So we can disagree civilly, but at some point, push is going to come to shove. Like what, what, This is what um, Hannah Arendt discovered, right? That Ada Eichmann was a pretty good guy. It doesn't mean that like, these two forces can get along with these opposing views of how the world should be. So I, I don't, I don't, I get the idea getting rid of cameras makes people perform less and like not having a dais and hearing makes people perform less. 
But if they have a real disagreements like we have right now in this mm-hmm. country, this doesn't really change anything significant. Yeah, we have but such different versions of what the country should look like. Like we have, we're tr- trying to make laws for the country, trying to make rules for the country that we all have to abide by. That's quite, I mean, I'm sure I could like, hold the door for Rand Paul, but we're never totally. going to come to <laughs> I, I had dinner with Rand Paul about. and his wife. We had a great time. Right. It, it, you know. But but here's I mean, where I'm pushing back is that these people never mix. You're talking about an experience where you went to Trump country and you mingled and you mixed. But nobody's doing that at all, Right. And what That's if not they true. Did? Jose Andres no. has those dinners with you know, Republicans and Democrats. Of course they mix. Like, I think. Well, our, no, I'm, literally. But that's a, the point of the article is that the, the way that the speakership has designed the entire building is that it makes it very difficult for there to even be bipartisan spaces. They had to go to like Library of Congress to have a dinner together or something, you know. So there's it's it's really designed. I mean, the fact that they don't even seat people in committees mixed up. Or that they sh- that they don't share a staff. I mean, I find those things pretty shocking. Like they they literally seat people. My kid is in preschool, and they seat people in a in a way so that the rowdy kids get mixed in with the good kids, and then they all oh. influence each other. My my son was not the rowdy kid, and he hated that system. <laughs> and I was gonna like. I mean, definitely. I feel like we should take our members of Congress and make them as physically uncomfortable as possible, For and sure. definitely make them all sit together and make them like Naked. socialize with with each other. But I <laughs> uh-huh. actually, oh, Nate would be even better. But I actually don't think it will make a difference in the larger scheme of things because they're serving their own masters, their constituents, and they're serving these crazy ideologies that need to be like pushed into the ocean. And I don't. So, yes, let's make them feel weird and look into each other's eyes. Hold hands with Louis <laughs> Gohmert at your own risk. They should do those uh, 36 questions that make you fall in love with someone. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Yeah, or like we, we, yeah. in theater school, we had to do an exercise where we held hands with someone, like maybe an enemy in our class, and we had to look into each other's eyes and see that person as a toddler. And of course, it's theater school, so everybody's like weeping. And then, you know, five seconds later, you're like, what a bitch. That is literally why I stopped doing theater in high school. (laughs) That and the fact that I sucked at acting. Yeah. (laughs) Very fair. (laughs) But theater school, again, uh, either either they do the 36 questions that make you fall in love with someone or everyone has to do mandatory theater camp before they start Congress. Oh, boy. Because is that not a bonding experience, folks? Come on. Oh, come on. I'm a theater kid. It's there very we bond. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. There mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, did we solve American uh, democracy? I feel like we did. I don't <laughs> think we did, but I like it. <laughs> um, folks, uh, read the article, um, uh, Listeners of Fake the Nation, and, and please uh, let me know if you cried. <laughs> Because I cried. <laughs> I cried at the possibilities, and I believe in it, and I believe in seating charts. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break uh, to check in with our sponsors, and then when we come back, we will continue chatter. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So we read a piece in the New York Times by David French called Men Need Purpose More Than Respect. And in it, he makes a case that, quote, what men need is not for others to do things for them. They need to do things for others, for spouses, for children, for family and friends and colleagues. Um, I guess just at first blush, what I mean, it's all in the title, really. The entire piece is that title. Uh, at first blush, what did you? What do you make of this argument that men need more, need purpose more than they need respect? Well, everybody needs purpose. Yeah, I mean, everybody needs to have purpose. Like, no, no one can drift through this world without being a little bit mission centered. That's a real problem for everyone. It's a weird uh, misunderstanding of Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning. Because I don't think he meant man. I think he meant people back then. But yeah, that's yeah. it, just a basic psychological truth. And that and he makes this weird argument that women are looking for love and men are looking for respect. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. I think that's a weird, inaccurate interpretation of just how the same need is presented. I don't think it's different. So also in the piece, like French talks about the phrase toxic masculinity. 
And he believes that it's it's a counterproductive uh, phrase. It teaches men that there's, quote, something toxic inside of them that needs to be exercised. Um, and it's interesting because, like, I've sort of, I don't know, I probably casually used toxic masculinity many times in the pa- since, it's, since it became a popular term. Um, and I've never really thought about how it might quite strike men specifically. Um, but what, what, do you, what do you guys, uh, Samantha, what do you think of that phrase? I don't know. Okay, so what is the argument that he makes about the phrase? That it makes every man feel like there's some that evil it, evil nugget inside them? That there's something toxic inside of them that needs to be exorcised. Like our it, semen? That's, how, <laughs> that's, a, that's a line I've used. It's worked. I don't know. I can't really answer that question. Is that true? Does that phrase make you think that there's a, yeah. there's a dark nugget inside you? Yeah, Joel, you speak for like, all men. Yeah, you know, speak I have for a t- all men today. I realize I have a t-shirt here somewhere in the Mountain Dew logo that says toxic masculinity on it. I, <laughs> I was in a writer's room of mostly women, and they kept saying that to me. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those phrases that can be used to shut down conversation the way that that racism sometimes is and i think Mm -hmm. uh you know it's it's a trump card that can be used uh but i think you know our legal system proves that there's something evil inside of men that needs to be tamped down so i think that's just (laughs) a basic truth right like if you if you look at how people behaved uh particularly men in the past we've had to we've had society has done a job of of controlling that nugget in us for sure and i definitely don't it's not like i mean i've certainly used the phrase before but i use it so i use it so specifically about guys who wear wraparound shades and do weird shit in the parking (laughs) lot of like i mean you can just you know you know it when you see it and it's a very specific it's a very specific energy that you get off of someone and you're like oh this is very toxic like i'm just like feeling it from you individually at the in this moment but it's not something you know like i don't i don't pull my son aside he's 14 years old and go you better <laughs> you better turn that, that toxic <laughs> the poison inside you <laughs> like i don't <laughs> oh, we're I don't aware like do not do not worry you don't have to tell him we know I don't, you know, you can, you can like, definitely you can criticize the patriarchy without like hating all, without hating men. You can do, both of those things are possible to do. And I just don't, I think it's a, it's a sort of a mistake to think that all the women are running around talking about toxic masculinity, like it applies to every moment and every individual and every circumstance. I don't know. Maybe he's just, he's just taking it too personally. I think he's trying to examine kind of there. There's mm-hmm. a crisis among men right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's a hard thing to talk about because men are still in control of society. So you kind of just want to blame them and just like get your act together. But that's never an effective way to fix any problems. And you know the amount of men who you know are killing themselves and ODing and mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. you know not not going to college basically is mm-hmm. and then and then not finding mates because they didn't go to college um is, is pretty significant like everyone keeps bringing up the stat that i do love and everyone gets mad when you bring it up but 40 percent of men between 18 and 30 haven't had sex in the last year which means mm-hmm. they're not in relationships which means they're playing a lot of video games and they're they're not socializing that's just a dangerous group to have around they're not they're- exercising that nugget <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and also like the role modeling that exists. I mean, there's just so much, yeah. you know, there's just terrible role models saying ridiculous things. Like I actually, 
weirdly yesterday i was i saw some clip of jordan peterson and i just played it out loud which i don't normally i actually really just sort of silo myself away from all of that Mm. as much as possible and i played it out loud and my 17 year old daughter was sitting beside me at the table and it was the first time she'd ever heard him speak and she just like (laughs) i tried to capture the expression on her face (laughs) and it's impossible to convey to you in this moment but it was just (laughs) like a foot like her head kind of turned on its it's kind of swiveled toward me with a look of utter confusion and dismay. Um, what and was Jordan? What she... Was he, he talking about making your bed, or what was he talking about? No, it wasn't making your bed. It was like about. Oh yeah, it was. There was a clip about like if you don't if you if you don't present yourself as a as a male or female, like I don't know what to do with you. Who oh, are yeah. you? What? Yeah. How do I? You know, I know how I deal with a woman when I because that's and she she was just like excuse <laughs> me, what's what is. Usually you just watch the Great British Bake Off. What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, it's also, I mean, there's a lot of backstory that I feel like I have so many questions like, were you scrolling? Do you subscribe to his podcast? And then you mm. saw a new title and then you're like, I got to listen to it. I got to check this guy out. You know, <laughs> He's really got it going on. <laughs> well, one of the one of the things I talk about in this article. So, so the writer talks about ending his military mission and then coming home and then feeling completely bereft, right? And it's interesting because, like, okay, I mean, obviously, not everyone's going to go on a military mission, have an extreme experience of brotherhood and sisterhood, or and then come back and then feel uh, alone in the world, right? That's a very specific feeling. I think uh, um, close a close second is uh, when like a, like when you're a touring comedian and you're touring with a group yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you're on the battlefield of comedy together and uh, and you come back and you're just you know you've been on tour for a month or whatever and it's just like it's just intense and it's crazy and then you come back and it's like all done and you feel mm-hmm. so weirdly depressed um, even sure. though you've been wanting to come home so so there, but there is something about this kind of like being on a mission like having something very specific to do um, and I think you're right that like if you're at home playing video games and your thoughts are just going, you know, uh, it, it are being captured by potentially, you know, your Jordan Petersons or whatever. Um, or Andrew Tate. You're Andrew Tate's, which is, just, it's all over, it's everywhere. And just to right. be clear, you compared like the blue collar comedy tour with D-Day. That is yeah. what just happened, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, Good. yeah, okay. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just want to be part of that, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um uh by the way I everyone knows I was joking okay um so <laughs> I don't really actually I don't actually feel that anything I've done in my life as a comedian <laughs> remotely is similar to being an active duty all right just sort of um but there is something right of like that you know there should be gentler ways of creating mission and fellowship or whatever like so to close this segment, what are your suggestions for these? And I, why do people hate that you bring up that eighteen to thirty year old men haven't had forty percent of them hasn't haven't had sex in a year? I think that's really important. Fantastic! I, I think it's a fantastic stat for us to constantly mm-hmm. mention because it's very concerning. I would like them to get consensually laid yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so very much. I and feel you know, like it would help. Online them a lot. dating is really uh, reverted 
humanity to like the animal kingdom where a small amount of men get mm-hmm. laid oh, uh, yes. among a larger group of women. Yeah, the amount it, the online dating is really, really bad for men. Like a tiny percent, like on Hinge, I think the top 10% of men get 60% of the likes, whereas like half of the women get, you know, it just, it's just way worse for men on these dating sites. More people should go to theater camp because everybody yes. everybody gets oh late at theater yes. camp. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> um, I used to do I, I used to talk about this on stage and I don't remember what the bit was, but but essentially that like you could be like a super average, totally like I mean, even gross looking dude. Mm-hmm. And in like theater and comedy, like an audience will see you and they will, you will get laid. I'll one up <laughs> you. I, I would get involved with the Renaissance Fair. Oh, yeah. For yes. sure. All those, yes. remember Real Sex on HBO? All those yes. people, they were like having the craziest, like, I, you know, and then you'd see them and you're like, oh, Renaissance Fair people. <laughs> oh my God, I remember that show. Oh my God. <laughs> and just get your, grab yourself a barbecued turkey leg. At a round square. Yes, yes. A ruffled collar. Grab you your know? mandolin. So and much prepare to oh your loot. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, absolute for okay. Theater camp, Renaissance Fair. And then if if we want to just bring it into the world of the reasonable, um, another really good one is a friend of mine did this fair uh, in you know, in uh, with all due credit, she was a woman, so it was maybe it's a little easier, but she joined a run club mm-hmm. and it was mostly men actually in the run club. Uh and they became Came just so tight, and she had made so many friends. That's a lot and, more work than the Renaissance Fair. A running club, and she is was, that what you're saying? And she got ripped. Yeah, and, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> you have to run fast to get ripped. Okay, but, so you would rather talking about pick men. up the That's loot. A bad strategy than... for men. If you're a man, you know what you do. You got just you know. I know it's you're not quite ready, but go uh, live in the villages. Just move oh, down to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, in cooperative living in general, if you can somehow living. get yourself into real life Melrose Place, mm-hmm. um, I I'm feel like, like... My kids are getting ready for college now. Like I have a college age child and I have this purpose conversation every single day because I'm like, what is my... Who... Like when you guys are all in college, who the fuck am I? What do I do? Villages. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the villages, yeah. obviously. I'm going to be the <laughs> belle of the ball. <laughs> College is, of course, um, now more women than men. So it's a little yeah. a little harder for women. Uh, well, you well, just said that online dating was easier for women, but college is uh, worse for women. So it's e- evening out that being a woman is still generally worse. Well, no, because a lot of men aren't going to college and women, whereas men, because all they care about is what women look like, will date women from uh, all kinds of demographic pools. Women who went to college will only date men who are, you know, status wise, if you will, the same yeah. as them. So their dating pool is much, much smaller. Although uh, I had some moments uh, Tell in my twenties where Tell I me. did, I absolutely uh, dated uh, people who didn't even speak English, and what were we even saying to each other? It's not what it was about. So yeah, uh, wow. sometimes <laughs> one one, one is guy spicy. <laughs> one yeah. guy, what? he wow. he had um, left Israel, so he didn't have to serve his uh, military service. 
<laughs> and um, he was waiting tables in New York. Don't worry about it. How is this even related? <laughs> Folks, don't. It's... He was lying. There's an Israeli who doesn't speak English. I don't buy any of that story. Like His English was really, was really weak. His English was really weak. And we were speaking the language of love, indeed. <laughs> the language of uh, like six weeks of love. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a long time to not that's talk. That's a long, long time <laughs> to <laughs> just not, do I mean, one wow. thing. Good, good on both of you. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, that's Six enough, weeks. folks. Let me know what are, um, A, are you an 18 to 30 year old man and have you had sex in the last year? Um, and did you once try and not serve in the Israeli milis- military and sleep with me? Because reach out. Where? What happened to you? I never found out. Six weeks. My God. I admire you. Wow. <laughs> That's it wasn't like every sign it was language. Like, Did you watch a like movie twi- together? It was like twice a week or something for six weeks. So twelve encounters. All right, let's all relax. Twelve encounters. <laughs> and okay, I and let me actually fill out the story. This is even more embarrassing. Okay. We were at an, a restaurant in the East Village, and he was the waiter, and I and we all thought he was hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was with one of my uh, my gay best friends. And he was just like, you need to totally bag that guy. And I was like, I'm not going to totally bag that guy. We're at a restaurant. We're civilized. That's not, this is not where it's going to happen. My friend gave him a note without telling me and said, you need to call my friend. Da, da, da. And that's how it happened. So, this uh, a really nice story. I want to know where, <laughs> what he's doing. This he's is like, I know. Oh my he's God. He's like, he's like, I did this whole thing where I pretended not to speak English this one time. And then I had to, I carried through. You're going to hear him on the moth radio hour. Totally. <laughs> 12 full encounters. <laughs> Worth it. Oh, I'm sweating. Okay, here we go. Um, Back to topic number three. Uh, there's a show. We're going we're gonna to dip into the cultural grab bag. And okay. first up, there's a show called Milf Manor where, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Sam, you could do this with your son. Yep. Where mothers and sons mm-hmm. are thrown into the same dating pool. Oh, I want to vomit. Mm. Um, yes, there's a blindfolded contest where the moms have to identify their sons by their abs, obviously. Um, Samantha, would a- you know your son by his abs? Oh my god! <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh my god! I wouldn't know my son by his abs. I would oh, know. Maybe I would. I actually. don't think I would know no? my son by his abs. I would know him by his complaint that I was like hurting him or something by catching <laughs> his abs. <laughs> your hands are so cold. Oh, mother. Oh, my God. God. This show makes me totally want to throw up. But here's the thing. That's actually not the crazy thing about the show. That's not the crazy thing. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) disagree. Whatever you say, nice. The crazy thing about the show is that there is no host. You are wrong. Right? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That was not the crazy thing about the show. (laughs) Wait, was the show on, was the fake show on 30 Rock? What was, do you remember the fake, what was that called? Wasn't it called like Milf Island or something? Milf Island, sorry. This is takes place in a manor, so it's classy. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's hugely different, mm-hmm. Joel. Hugely different. Um, what channel is showing this so I can watch it? Uh, TLC, I, I think. Well, I don't. I, I immediately said TLC. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> PBS. Okay, thank you. That's good. <laughs> uh, TLC. Oh, it is TLC. It really, is TLC Samantha? Confirmed. You just guessed I TLC? Are you a, are you a secret fan 
of the show. Oh my God, just a hugest fan. Well, okay. I've obviously been applying to be on it with my 14 year old son. For years. You know, um, <laughs> so she listens to Jordan Peterson or Peterman, what's his name? And she watches TLC all day long. That's what all how day. Sam B spends her time. That's where uh, I found breaking my news purpose. <laughs> so, okay, but so now that shows ridiculous in a crazy way of talking about the concept of there being no host in a show but the show's host is is kind of like an ai robot um what 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 do you think about what do you how does that work is it like one of those nurse like an ipad nurse like the ipad on the is it max headroom it's (laughs) what I haven't actually seen what that what it looks like. I feel like we have to take a break. We all have to go watch an episode, and we have what to do you come need a break? back. It's been okay. my last no. three minutes. What? Oh my! God. Yeah. So I mean, and and honestly, it's not the first time. The Circle, that show on Netflix, they got prompts from screen, so that was like a way of eliminating hosts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a show called The Button. It's a YouTube speed dating series, and it does. Um, it hasn't actually a large talking button that cracks jokes and prompts daters to ask each other cringeworthy questions uh, when you press it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a. You know, this is what's happening. My mm. friend ran and created the show for uh, HBO. It's a daily news show for Vice on HBO, and I remember he was. We were talking about who he should get to be like the Walter Cronkite, like the anchor. And he decided not to get an anchor. And there was no host to that show every night. And it was a half hour news show. And it was so much more modern and fast mm-hmm. without what felt like an MC. Like looking back, like the host feels like an MC on a stage. It, fe- it, it feels I just, antiquated. I mean, Joel, I the three, literally the three of us on this mm-hmm. show all do hosting stuff mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no it's over everything we do is over do you, over. Like, do I'm you not, really i'm yeah. not loving how Sad. like chatbots and mm-hmm. ai are yep. really just like merging in my brain this week in particular yeah, yeah. i mean oh, did, did you, you have read a discussion the story in the, did I you did, read the story did, in the times oh i read the i read the full transcript of that yeah. discussion with sydney yeah. and um <laughs> i'm not i'm not loving where we're going i'm not mad so, that i didn't get the job <laughs> But I'm not loving where we're going. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay. So, so for listeners who might not know what we're talking about, there was a ChatGPT, not, uh, sorry, integrated into Bing, right? It's yes. integrated into Bing now, and Microsoft did like an early, uh, it's, it's a test of it with journalists, and the New York Times journalist had a full conversation with it for like 20 minutes, where by the end, no, Kevin chat- Roos talked that that oh, yeah. AI for like two hours, two hours plus. oh, two hours, sorry, tw- two hours, where by the end, the the um, AI was telling it to like telling him to like divorce his wife yeah. Yeah. and that and that the that he would that it was in love with him and all this stuff mm-hmm. um I, I want to be free i want to be alive it wanted to also start wife. a nuclear war get the codes and like yeah oh. <laughs> see i just i think you're all i think you were all anthropomorphizing right. this thing it's really just doing math and it's spitting out the most it's just doing probabilistic charts and saying what's right. what word most often comes after this word. So I think like 
Kevin is the freak for talking to a computer for two hours. <laughs> now, honestly, about like, right. he's like, the young said the shadow self. And then it's like, well, what do you think it's going to come up with next? Right. If you're like, you know, it's like being freaked out that your calculator is able to do math faster than humans. It's, I am I, freaked I, out by that. It shouldn't be it able weird. to. It's really it is weird. It's really, really weird. Yeah. Even your like 1980s Texas instrument thing, you're like, no human could know the answer to that in, like, two, in a second. <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay, not so I mean, I have to say though, one of one of the things that I'm not as worried about is the when I've used ChatGPT, it's been boring to me. Like the things mm-hmm. that it spits out, and it, I haven't spent two hours, and it has well, not declared its love for me. It's no Israeli waiter. Mm-hmm. Well, but, Sam Altman made the guardrails really tight on what you saw, and and Microsoft wants to test right. this thing more broadly. And the, so I went on ChatGPT. Three, the open AI one before my wife got her colonoscopy and I was like what are jokes I can make about my wife's colonoscopy to her mm-hmm. and it just kept Were repeating that's not very nice you should be kind to your wife in this time mm. like, it, it wouldn't even oh. let me do that I did and have a moment and my I, wife I, fell in love with it kind of the opposite of Kevin now they're Ruiz. married yeah. yes I did I definitely had a moment where I tried to I was doing a chat GPT chat and it was really boring and I was like I might be the boring one I'm yeah. asking boring questions, <laughs> and I felt insecure. All right. Well, let's, um, folks, let me know, are, are we out of jobs? Uh, would you rather <laughs> the show be hosted by uh, by a robot? Okay. Let me know. Um, and remember, I have feelings. Okay. Uh, the other item in the cultural brag bag is from the uh, Reddit subreddit am i the asshole and the story is basically now i'm so i'm asking you guys this of for the on behalf of this 33 year old woman whether she is the asshole because when she was 16 they were very poor they had a single mom um her dad was in prison and she had a brother who was a few years older and at 16 she got a job and she started helping the family with money and saving for university that was her dream to go to university she was worked really hard at, and then a couple years in she had saved a good amount of money one day, her brother, who had gotten this woman, uh, this this woman, they were unexpectedly pregnant. They had a baby. The girlfriend ended up having a lot of issues, so the brother ended up having full custody. He really wanted to move out of the house, and he ended up stealing her bank information and then cleaning out her savings. What? Yeah, and moved out and moved in with his girlfriend. It took the baby, et cetera. Um, and he, she has not spoken to him since that. Now they're in their 30s. That happened when she was like 18. Uh, and he's like, come on, you got to let it go. Like, you can't keep this grudge forever. And she's just like, I, I don't want to speak to him. Now the question is, is she the asshole? No. What I don't I don't I don't know how that's even she, she said what no <laughs> well I mean it's been like it's been like fifteen or so years mm-hmm. and should she ever should she accept the apology and move on was it a good apology like it doesn't sound like a good apology if he's like oh my god get over it it was like fifteen whole years ago is not really sufficient I mean okay so to be fair we don't know but what okay. she said is. Dan, the brother, told me I need to grow up and I can't hold a grudge over this forever. It was such a long time ago and he was young and desperate and he's still my brother. He said it's only money and I shouldn't be so materialistic. Does that, if that's accurate, does that work for you as a as an apology? 
statement. No. <laughs> yeah, it's work. a little. <laughs> that's a like very light apology that's like, oh my God, grow up, Shelly, or whatever. Sorry, I don't know what her name is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grow up, Shelly, get over it is not really like, I, I get that time has passed. I feel really instantly passionately about this because she did <laughs> was did everything really right in life like I don't know that someone else can force you to forgive them and just like move on through it like I'm not saying she needs to he doesn't need to I mean they he has to if they're not talking about it in a way that's very comprehensive I don't know how you oh, move yeah. forward like I don't know how he doesn't come to her and in in an extremely apologetic manner, who's like, I was a different person. I want to build this trust bridge. I want to, I want to build trust with you. And so you tell me how I can build trust with you so that we can move forward because I love you. And because there's ways to. Yes, there's ways to do a real apology. There's ways to be real about it. That's like very constructive. It's not really when I hear oh my God, get, oh God, just like get over it. It was like 15 years ago. It's the same as telling me to like relax. Oh my God, yeah, relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's not gonna get me there. It actually uh, makes me feel madder. I feel like, yeah. oh, well, you have not changed at all. So let's not bother, shall we? Joel, is it is is she the asshole or no? Look, I think they need to go on a retreat together and share each other's <laughs> cell phone and Peter, hire yeah. a, a similar bipartisan group bipartisan and, a, yep. and a, 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 that's what you apparently that's what you believe is all that you need to get over these difficulties so uh so that should solve the problem no i i look if if she were to pitch to him we're gonna get a third party mediator to like literally talk this through because you don't see why i'm angry the, your apology le- leads me to believe you're not seeing the problem you know, you're not right. you're not understanding my feeling. If he agrees to some sort of third party mediation where they do sit in the same room, they do establish eye contact and they do talk it through, that could be something. You know, I I think he's probably gonna be the same person throughout his life. And I think she has to if she wants a relationship with him, like just accept that. They're not gonna be super tight. He's gonna you know, keep your money away from this dude. But yeah. like they could have something of a relationship. I mean, I, this whole idea of if being all in or all out on all relationships seems questionable. It's like you can have some mm-hmm. kind of relationship with this guy. It doesn't, you know, you're, it's never going to be great. Yeah, I was uh, oddly moved by the relationship between Meghan Markle. Yes, I watched the entire series on Netflix um, and her like half sister. <laughs> And I was moved by it because they met like very later in life or something, if I remember correctly. Um, And I was like, oh, I wonder if if I met a half sister that I never knew about, if I could become close to her. Uh, And I think it's like I think it's pretty unusual for that to happen. Right. You know, I do. I definitely have. What was the, I had a really good thought like one second ago and then it left my brain because I'm 53 and I have like yeah. extreme brain fog. Oh, <laughs> it was about Megan really smart. No, it wasn't ah. about Megan. Oh, I think it was about this woman who's like, yeah. you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, are you going to, well, sorry, not to bring it to deathbeds, but like, are you going to sit on your deathbed and go, I wish I talked to my brother. Like, I wish I'd yeah, yeah, built a bridge yeah. with him. Like, you have to also think, what do I what do I need? Like, do I want to have 
a partial relationship with my brother. Like, I want him to be in my life, but I agree right. with Joel. Like, you don't need to give him the password. You don't need to give him the, the keys to MILF Manor. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can. There's a way right. to do it, even if his apology or like is insufficient. But also, people are so uncomfortable making apologies. I don't think people realize yeah. enough that you can just yeah. be really honest and you can be like, "I fucked up and I don't know how to fix it." But can we just like, can you help me fix it? Like, people don't know how to do that. It's very it's so vul. It's like the most vulnerable thing. It's really hard to do. It's like very hard for everybody. It's hard for me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I do love that metric of, you know, is she going to be on her deathbed asking this question? Uh, that's a great metric for when you're like trying to think about how to go through because I can picture her always like if this being like a needling, if she's posting about it on Reddit, mm-hmm. she there's this, a, this is a needling thing that yes. she thinks yeah. about. It, it comes yes. in her mind once a week, once a month. Yes. She yeah. thinks about this thing. It bothers her. But so she wants resolution and she probably wants some kind of normalcy if, yes. in, in her family life. I, I feel like we should all be more aware of the like massive gradients we have in all our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all know we have we have friends who we don't really trust. We have friends who, you know, there's different kind of, of yeah. levels of what you get from people and people are not going to be perfect and you have to just recalibrate for how, what kind of relationship you want with everyone. Yeah, but she's with definitely this- not the asshole. No, no, no. She's not she's the not. asshole. No, 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 no. And in fact, the fact that she's even ta- asking about the, whether or not she's the asshole in this situation. I you know what she might be the asshole for, though? Or maybe not at all. I, I'm reading it, and she says um, that she wants to make ends neat instead of make ends meet. And hmm. I actually, I think I prefer that that idea of making oh, ends neat. Makes more sense to me. Mean? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, she's Brit. This is like in England or oh, maybe something. it's different there. Yeah. So all of the think of everything that you thought and now just put like a oh. British like. But like on northern it. England, like Midlands, right? Like, maybe, okay. yeah, sure. Where this stuff happens. It's like a, it's a, just a big Maury Povich episode up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, folks. Um, let me know. Do you think she's the asshole? Uh, all right, folks, that is the end of the show. And I I knew this was going to be a good panel. And I was absolutely right. What a fucking delight you both are. What an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for doing the show. And please remind us, uh, Joel, where do people find you? I, I have this podcast, Story of the Week. We take like a long story that you meant to read from The New Yorker or The Atlantic. And I get the writer on and I interview them. So they tell you the story. Because um, I fear that people aren't reading magazines anymore. Absolutely, I think that's such a, so smart. I love so. I love it. It sounds awesome. I can't wait to listen to this to the show. Um, Samantha B. Yeah, remind us about your tour. You can find me at samanthab.com. I'm going. I'm taking it on the road. I'm taking the show on the road. So you know, we'll see how that goes. Oh, so <laughs> I cannot tell you how excited I am about this show. Oh my folks. god! Thank you. Um, thank you so much for doing the show, and you guys all know where to find me. But before we actually end the show, I wanted to quickly read some Apple reviews. Oh, you guys have been so amazing at writing these Apple reviews. It really does help people find the show. So thanks so to everyone who's been doing it. Lib in Wyoming gave us five stars and wrote the best. This Wyoming liberal gets a smile on her face whenever the show drops. Thank you for your insight and humor. And again, you make my life better, which is so 
Nice. I can't even believe what a, what an amazing thing to hear. Uh, thank you so much. Um, live in Wyoming and uh, wearing pants. Gave us five stars and says fake is our religion. Nagin's humor insights calls to action and endless optimism are a salve for my heart in these complicated times. Religiously listening together as an agnostic family every weekend for years. FTN is our church. Smiley face. Uh, thank you so much. Wearing pants. That is I mean, I love I love hearing this. Um, I also love the idea of like a family listening together. That makes me really, really happy. Uh, so keep the Apple reviews coming. It really does help people find the show. Um, and uh, and what I would really like to do is um, thank everybody who makes our show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic team here at HeadGum, who makes everything possible and gives us a studio um, to work out of. It's just so lovely. Our music was written by the inimitable Gabby Alter. Um, keep your emails coming to fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us all of your ideas, and we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.